Yeah. So I, I even have people who told me with my show, there are times that I sound like Sandra stopping, pausing. There are other times that I get on a roll that it's just free flowing, very inspired speak speech. And I can't help but think, um, even though right now I'm practicing, they're just saying, you've got this girl. <laughs> I've had it. You've I think got, I've had it. You've got this. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got but it. Again, I and you are not alone having our team behind us in a side, oh, you know, yeah. in front of us, behind us. So I think the thing is to connect everyone to realize that we all have this team. We do. Yeah. We have people that have plotted out our lives before we even came here. They've been with us every step of the way, cheering us on. And I think they don't often intervene unless, you know, you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Car and Swain. Well, look who I have online today. Ta-da! The fabulous Sandra Champlain from We Don't Die Radio. Let me, let me just tell you a little bit about Sandra if you don't know already what Sandra's all about. Sandra's fear of dying led her on a 15-year journey to find proof that life after death is real. Well, everyone who watches this show knows that's the truth. After the death of her father, she created a How to Survive Grief free audio that was quickly heard by thousands of people worldwide. It's been probably heard by even more now, right? People are still downloading it, Sandra. After that, she wrote the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery to Life After Death. And she looked into all sorts of aspects of what it is to perceive life after death and know about it and people's experiences. And of course, started the show, We Don't Die Radio, where she interviews incredible people across the world that talk about life after death and such things. And this book has become the number one best-selling author and she was also in a documentary called We Don't Die. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Oh, Karen, thank you for having me. Always so nice to catch up with you. Always. It's so great to have you back on the show. Like I'm looking at my website and it's been like over three years, May 2015 was the last time we chatted. And it was before I even started doing a video talks. So I was just doing radio. I think I was still on community radio in those days. So it's so great to get you on camera. Yay! Oh, we both come so far in the last few years. It's so great. So I know. You've, uh, you know, you started, you started this sort of search. What year was it that you started? You said over 15 years, so it was a long time ago. It's probably like 18 years ago now, right? It's even more, yeah, it was um, 1996, actually, that I had a tremendous fear of dying that overcame me. All my, uh, every time my mind was quiet, suddenly this thought would creep in, what happens after we die? And I woke up with it in the morning. I went to bed with it at night. And it was 
don't want to say a crippling fear, but it was really intense. Um, and thankfully, I had it because I would have never gone into this big exploration had I not. Absolutely. But at the time, it certainly wasn't comfortable. Absolutely. So this fear was actually your guidance speaking to you because look what you're doing now. You're inspiring yeah. millions of people across the planet and a part of this huge shift in our consciousness. And I think especially in the West, in Western civilization, you know, the fear of death and the belief that we end when we leave this body is something that needed to change because it's just crazy. I mean, I think that the fear of death underpins every other fear that we have, fear of survival, fear of not enough, every Absolutely. other fear. So uh, you're a part of a huge shift in consciousness on this planet and you're doing such a wonderful job. But, you know, Thank like you. you started off talking to people about grief, talking to people about is there life after death, but after about how many years now, three or four years Four years on radio you've spoken to uh, yeah almost almost four years on radio about three and a half three and three quarters something like that oh wow um, so I've spoken yeah 200 and almost 270 people so and you've really gone down that rabbit hole quite a few down that yeah. rabbit hole it's interesting because I never had any intention of doing this it honestly was the furthest thing from my mind um you know the story, but I was someone who used to kind of laugh at people that talked this lingo about the afterlife and spirituality. But yes, it's through my own fear and searching for answers. It's through my own grief, my tremendous pain after not just losing my dad, but having some relationships split apart within my family. Mm -hmm. um, all of that, it put me on this path. And it's, it's so weird. You know that expression, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. It's like, at some point, it's like my life purpose appeared. And Absolutely. I was able to look back on my past and say, isn't it interesting? So many of these things fall together. And Absolutely. now, I mean, I had a huge fear of what people would think if I started spreading this word of what I'm finding out about the afterlife. But now I've moved kind of to the other side of that, that I have such a backbone because there's so much knowledge there and so much what I call evidence that it enriches my life and it helps so many people. So who am I not to share, even when I am afraid sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. God bless your fear. That's what I can say, because it put you on this path and you've enriched so many other people's lives. Look, I've, um, I wrote in my last newsletter, not the one I sent out yesterday, but last month, you know, uh, because I was on your show recently, some of you, and I got a lot of yours and uh, Elisa Medhus's Channeling Eric show just around the same time, a couple of weeks apart. And I got all these people that signed up to my newsletter and I think, okay, so they've listened to, you, you know, you gals. So I said, oh, you're probably here because you found me on Sandra or Elisa's show. And then one person wrote back and said, no, actually, you told me about Sandra and God bless you. And I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> That's great. Well, we just share, Karen. Yeah. It is you know, when I first started out, I thought there's a million life after death books out there. Um, what's going to make mine different or want people, or people will want to read mine. And it dawned on me, like if you look around my bedroom, you would see that I have a ton of books about the afterlife and about spirituality and stuff. So people who like one show will like others. And so I feel like we just join arm in arm and we share. There's no competitive okay. spirit here. Or if there is, that's an ego and, you know, we're not really into those kind of people. Um, but that we can join 
together. And, uh, and I know for me, if I go back and listen to one of your shows, no matter where I am in my life, I'll hear something new again. So I, I still maintain, ma maintain a day job. I own a catering business with my mom and we travel cooking for race car teams. So there could be a month that I don't have an episode out, you know, and it's like, even though people are like, what happened to you? I'm like, I'm fine. Just go back and pick another episode that you haven't listened to in a while and you'll hear it like you haven't heard it before because we're in a different place in our life. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everyone who interviews the same person has a different focus. Like I know with That's your true. show, it's a lot about grief and overcoming grief and, you know, the evidence of the afterlife, which is, and my focus is more about deliberate creation, how we flow our energy, yes. you know, yes. what I talk about. And yes. interestingly enough, when you speak to people that have had NDEs, you know, they talk about that all the time, that their thoughts are manifesting instantly. And so they mm -hmm. get to see that actually they're ha it's happening here on earth to our thoughts are manifesting it's just slower down here but this sort of conversation of deliberate creation how we've got to clean up our thoughts and raise our vibe so that's my focus and and other people have different focuses on their show so same guest different conversation really that's right yeah yeah so tell but I me. love it I love it too. And of course, you've been in the book. I forgot about the book. I've got to grab the book. I'm so happy about this book. <laughs> Sandra's in the book. Um, because obviously, so many people like you woke up because of your fear of death and, um, and, and then watching your father being there, you know, watching him transition. So many people have been put on their spiritual path or their expansion path or awareness path. You know, it doesn't really conscious awareness path, doesn't really matter what you call it, because of the death experience. And really that was my ex experience too with mum who died. And so mm -hmm. I'm so pleased to have you in the book, the book, the book, the book. People who watch the show hear me plug the book all the time, so I won't plug it too much more. But oh, it's okay. Can I share something that just made me think of this by the title, Awakened by Death? Oh, uh, yeah, I a, forgot to tell. Yeah, yeah, go on. You there's a pine? What? You... I've got something totally different to say than you oh, want to Okay, you say it. Go for it. There's a... <laughs> what? No, it, there's a pine tree that grows in California, one of these big, gigantic, huge um, pines. And the pine cones that are released from it, the only way that they can grow and start new seedlings is if they are subjected to a tremendous fire. So an incredible amount of fire envelops it and burns it. And it is only then and when the rain hits that the new life can spring forward. So one of the things I say is talking about these transformative things that happen to us that get us on our journey. Very often the common denominator is a huge amount of pain. A uh, huge amount of fire, let's say, but mm. it's not a bad thing because I think as much as it hurts to go through some of those instances, I think for each one of us, um, when we look back as to what started us out on our spiritual journey, we'll find that it was some huge thing that happened or a huge amount of suffering. So I just like to compare it to that pine cone. That that's the only way it can grow. And boy, I would not go back and do anything differently. As much pain as I had and struggles and all that, it is really out of the deepest darkness that I have had the most amount of growth. So it's, it's easier to say this now, eight years after my dad passed, you know, yeah. ask me two, two weeks after it was miserable. But um, I always say, you know, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, just hang in there, surround yourself with people that love you and shows like this, um, 
because we all need that friend to help us through. So that's so true. It's so true. You know, when I was a young naturopathic student, something that was said during uh, physiology or anatomy, I can't remember, but some, one of those scientific things, we were talking about nails and hair. And they mm -hmm. said, when you cut the nail, you traumatize it. Or when you cut your hair, you traumatize it. And when you traumatize it, there's accelerated growth. And I remember sitting in class oh. going, great metaphor for life, you know. <laughs> Where there is trauma, there is accelerated growth. But I was in the uh, car with the kids on the weekend. We went up to Gosford for a sound healing and we were having this conscious conversations. So we, you know, the kids are just so great. They're 20s. Oh, they're beautiful. And uh, we were talking about that. Do we have to have pain in order to grow? And we, we don't. Like we're shifting out of this third dimensional environment where struggle creates our growth or accelerates our growth. But I think with shows like yours and shows like mine, People can watch these things and grow from watching a conversation rather than going through the trauma. And that's, the, that's, what, Absolutely. We're, that's what we're bringing, you know. And it, like we went through the trauma. We've done, we've done the accelerated growth. And now we're sharing our stories. And everyone that's on our show that's sharing our stories, their stories, are helping people grow without them having to go through so much pain and, and trauma. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Moving into a, a new time. But I keep forgetting to tell people that the name of the book is because of you. I keep forgetting to tell people that because I wanted to call the book Surviving Death. And then at the end of last year, before I got my book out, somebody else put out a book called Surviving Death. And, uh, and Cyrus, who helped me with the book, said, you've got to change the name. And I'm like, no, I don't have to change the name. There could be two books with the same name. He goes, no, you've got to change the name. And I couldn't think of another name. And so I was writing to the authors saying, okay, I'm just going to call it Death, Personal Stories of Transformation. And you came back with an email and you said, no, you can't call it that. <laughs> you've got to put something in front of death. And I'm like, oh, what? And then you put a few things and you put Awakened by Death. And it just hit me, of course. So you picked the name. So thank you. So I, I, I will accept the acknowledgement on behalf of whoever my invisible team is that was working with me because I've got another similar story. So here's my book. Let me just show you everybody. Yeah, yeah. And when my book came about, I knew the title. I knew I wanted it to be called We Don't Die because that is so in your face. Because yeah, yeah. like, Yes, we do. But I needed a subtitle. So I had a friend who liked me but he really didn't believe in all this I was talking about but he's just like you know you're a good person and you know I'll help you brainstorm a subtitle so I was on an airplane and all of a sudden the words came to me a skeptic's discovery of life after death like that's it that's it so I place a call to my friend who was in Texas I'm in Massachusetts and I said Travis I said I've, I've got the title now at that point I just left a voicemail because he was not available. And I said, here, here it is. What do you think? So my friend, the not believer, calls me back. And this big, tough man, and he is crying hysterically. I'm like, what's wrong? Did something happen? He says, Sandra, before I went to bed last night, I wrote down those same seven words. And I was going to tell you, I've got your book subtitle. So there's something going on here that was not only meant to to be that subtitle, 
as same with Awakened by Death, but that turned him into a man who wanted to know everything that was in my head. So I got to teach him remote viewing, a little psychic stuff and tell him some of my stories. And he had some unresolved issues with his mom who had passed away. And it just opened him up to a whole new world that didn't come from tragedy. It actually came from one of these weird moments that how could two people think of the exact same words? So anyways, uh, on behalf of my team, the team, the mob, the team. I can't call them the mob anymore. If you had Rich Martini on your show, I had Rich Martini on the show not too long ago. I haven't yet. And he is fun. He's really fun. Anyway, and he said, oh, the mob, that's the name of the mafia. And I go, oh, gosh, is it? Yeah, So because I call my team, you know, the mob. And I'm like, oh, I've got to change the name. Anyway, he's funny. But you know what? The skeptics. Interestingly enough, pretty much most people that are in the book, uh, Awakened by Death, had that same sceptical view before they had their awakening by death, which is interesting. It wasn't planned that way. But, you know, the reason we go through so much trauma in order to wake us up is because of this mind of ours, this sceptical, closed, clinched mind. And if we weren't so opinionated, if we weren't so stubborn in our you're right, you're wrong and I'm right ways, we wouldn't need to go through so much trauma to wake us up. But I think that's, that's what's going on, you know. It's this sceptical mind that we have. I think maybe if you hadn't felt so much pain over the loss of your dad, you wouldn't have been so vehement in investigating, you know. So that pain sort of really put you on your path. It's a shame that that has to happen, but uh, it's this mind of ours. But I think dad's in on it, actually. I have interviewed a ton of mediums. Yeah. And they all tell me the same thing. Um, And dad was very religious. He went to Catholic mass every day. Right. And it was all about Jesus. And he wanted to be, you know, do Jesus's work. He just wanted to give and share and be a good guy and make a difference for others. And so many people have told me, uh, is your dad deceased? I said, yeah. Was his name John? I said, yeah. He's, he stands about this much taller than you. Yeah. Well, he wants you to know that he's with Jesus mm-hmm. and that he is helping you and he's helped you write the book and he's helping you on your mission. And some people say it's very rare that our family members actually get to be our spirit guides, but he says, dad is on, your dad is on the team. And so it's all very reassuring that um, without him going just the way he did, um, I wouldn't be here today. And I'm sure you get a ton of um, emails and comments about how much your show has transformed people's lives. I get a ton of those also. And then every so often there's the, I was going to end my own life. And then I found your show on YouTube, or then I found your book, or then I found your How to Survive Grief. And when one of the things that I think is important, even though, you know, I don't want people to have to have tragedy and pain, Mm -hmm. it is much easier to believe someone who's walked the path before Mm -hmm. than someone who hasn't. Because I wouldn't put much credibility into somebody who's got a get rich quick program if they did not get rich quick, (laughs) you know, if they did not walk the walk and talk the talk. So look, there's plenty of people out there like that. Let me tell you. I know. But to be someone who has experienced deep grief and Mm. has 
lived through it, not only lived through it, but found what I say is my life purpose, because we all get to choose what it is, and it's okay if it changes throughout your life, but to be able to find that and be able to share and now, you know, be your friend and a friend with so many that we are arm in arm working together on this. Don't you love that you and your dad hatched a plan before the two of you were even in your bodies that this would unfold? And when you're in this body and in this mind and in the Maya, how this reveals itself as you go through life and you start to realize that all this was planned and I didn't know. It's kind of exciting as it more and more, because there's so much more, you know, we're both not dead yet. So there's so much more to be revealed. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just, that's a good, sub- that's a good book title. We're not dead yet. We're not dead yet. Things happen. Dead. People say, but I haven't done this. I'm like, you're not dead yet. There's still time. There's still time to do what you want to do. So it all gets revealed. It's this remembering I love it. It's just fascinating. That and I don't know. I don't have the answers, Karen. I'd like to think that that's how it all works. And I tell you what, it is super empowering when I can, if something goes wrong, or I still have some relationships in my life that are not yet mended. But if I look from the lens of the ego and blame, I don't get very far. Mm. If I look through the lens of, hey, you know what? They agreed to play that role mm. so that I would learn this and we could together help all these people. That is a great place to stand and it's very empowering. So mm. I like to use that when things go wrong in my life, perhaps they're not, but to look to see, you know, where am I responsible for it? You know, take the blame off other people, which it's so easy to blame others, isn't it? <laughs> but if I put the, it on myself, or say, you know, how is this somehow perfect for where we're meant to go? Mm. And again, that this, you know, I am as human as everybody. When something goes wrong, you know, I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I don't have this enlightened hat that I wear all the time. But because I think I have friends like you and others, and um, like it or not, I always book guests on the show and when we in my show and when we start talking about these things I really can't be in a bad mood very long you know because I'm reminded of who I am and, and what it's all about so uh, yeah standing from a place of empowerment and being in the driver's seat as opposed to being in the passenger seat or a victim I think is a very empowering place to stand absolutely absolutely you know I think that your show really attracts the people that are uh that are in pain and are in grief because it is so specific to we don't die, whereas mine's a lot broader. You know, I'm talking about a whole lot of other stuff as, as apart from life after death. We're going aliens, we're going astral travel, we're just dimensions. It's just fabulous. But listen, you've been away lately doing yeah. your own investigation memory you're like remembering who you are and learning some new skills do you want to talk about it yes. talk about it I just yes. okay so there's this place called the Arthur Findlay College in Stansted in the UK and they've been around oh I don't even know how many years but it's the world's most foremost school for psychic studies and mediumistic studies and things like that. So people like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle have been there. Uh, he was a friend of the great Arthur Finley. And Arthur Finley was a man who had his life turned around when he started 
uh, when medium started coming into his life and this physical phenomena started happening and trance mediums and, and that whole world. So I have always been really interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I, I love evidential mediums, people that can work with us and face-to-face and bring through our loved ones. That's all great. But trans mediumship, which is this course that I took last month, is something so cool. So talking about your mob or my people <laughs> in the invisible world, um, we as human beings all have a team working with us. People call it their spirit guides or many different things. Some people say we have a few. Others say we have hundreds. And I kind of think we have the hundreds. Mm. And different ones step up in different times because everybody's got their own special specialities. So in this course, we were taught a few different things. So first thing is we are taught how to close our eyes and quiet that busy mind because the spirit world cannot well, we cannot hear the spirit world in a loud mind when we're busy thinking, did I leave the coffee maker on and I got to send this email and go buy these groceries and things like that. No. So we sat every day quietly with our eyes closed with the intention of blending with our spirit team. And it's an interesting way we did it because if, if anybody wants to just kind of do this along with me, mm. but if anybody wants to try this right now, would you close your eyes? Mm. Go ahead do it. Close your eyes and just take a few deep breaths. (sighs) Just relax. And you can notice that the thoughts pop into your mind, but just like bubbles in the bottom of the ocean, you know, coming from little fish, you just let them come up to the surface and let them go. Try not to pay too much attention to them. But imagine in your chest, you have a little light, a little flame, I like to think of uh, maybe a little pilot light that we have on our stove or something like that. But we all have this internal flame and let's call it the soul. Why not? But that is our own, um, that part of us that's divine, that part of us that's eternal. And if you can imagine now having that flame grow or that light grow, you know, another vision I love of the light is if you can imagine the ocean or a or a lake, and the sun is shining on the waves, and it's just so bright you can hardly look at it. You know, you can picture that bright light within you. But just imagine that light just continues to grow and grow, and it feels good, it's very loving, but that's you, this is your radiance now. And just have that light get so bright that it actually comes out of your pores, and it fills the room that you're in right now this bright, bright white light, or this bright flame, however you wish to envision it. Could be bright like the sun. Now imagine that light gets even bigger. So it is all around the building that you're in, and it's just reaching way out. And you can imagine the spirit world being like the sun. And imagine the glow of the sun and the sunbeams just radiating down on you and the glow from yourself just radiating up to it. And so these beams of light just all wrapped together with love. And you may even imagine some of these little balls of light, these little suns around you and just really coming close to you. 
They could be your spirit friends, your mob, your team, your loved ones. And just imagine them coming close. And it doesn't really matter how you imagine them, but just to imagine that these balls of light come close and they're blending with your own light. And so this is what's called sitting in the power. And the next thing to do, and you can practice this when we are off camera, but the thing to do is just say a little loving prayer and let my light blend with your light. Any divine knowledge or any help or any wisdom or to our loved ones that just would like to feel what it's like to blend with our energies again. Uh, there's healing that you need. It'd be a great time to say, you know, could you give me a little healing? Or if there's a loved one that you want to send healing to, let my energies be energy to help heal my mom, my dad, my child, whomever. And then the thing to do is just let go of your thoughts. And it's hard to do because thoughts want to be thought. But every time a thought comes in, don't make it wrong. Just let it go. And what I like to do is just concentrate on my breathing. Anytime the thoughts kick in, just imagine and be present when I'm breathing in and breathing out. And this is something that you can do for 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever time you have. But in time, what happens is it's like I like to imagine the mobile phone or our cell phone. Anytime it needs to be charged, what do we do? We have to plug it into the wall and that charges it. So sitting in the power, doing this kind of an exercise, I believe charges our inner radiance. It connects our divine soul to divinity, whether you call it God, the spirit world. Um, and it's just a very powerful thing. And I, I know about conscious creation and your show, Karen, and I believe with every soul of my being that when we can connect like this, sit in the power that raises that vibration that we all have. You know, we are souls living in the physical realm, but we are souls, you know, so we've got the same stuff we have as when we depart this earth, when our bodies do. So it really raises that vibration. Let me tell you what I saw as soon as I shut my eyes. You want to hear this? <laughs> yes. Okay, so as soon as I shut my eyes, I saw your team, more like hundreds than a dribble. There's Dad, John, on my right, right here, very powerfully. And I said, Jesus with you? And, okay, how do I explain this? It's like, of course, it's like they're swimming in Christ consciousness. Ooh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like the Christed energy. If you imagine it was like water, they were like in it. I, 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 anyway, and then Mary, Mother Mary here. Um, who else was there? Sorry, because I get it in a flash. As soon as I shut my eyes, it's on for young and old, right? Because this is how I work. And uh, interestingly enough, when I'm talking to people on interviews like this, it's not as strong. But if you get me to quiet and just shut my eyes, bang, it's like there. So there's a whole team of people ah, to my left here. There's this really tall being and he's a teaching being. And he said that he's being a being um, sort of like a Merlin type. 
Saint Germain, he is a representative of a band of consciousness who teach through you. And they are gathering for the next stage in your life to be helping you as a teacher, to move from the interviewer into the teacher. So as you were doing that, you were being that. And they were just like reveling in your stepping into that role, like stepping into that just in this interview. Oh, great. (laughs) And there's a stack of them. Anyway, and there's like a whole crowd behind watching, like a whole crowd. And I call them the mob because when I first perceived my team mob, it's like they're faceless to me. They're just like a crowd of people that you don't really see their faces. And Mm -hmm. then I kind of like step forward, step forward, show me your face, show me your face. But what they've said to me in the past, because as a young girl, I was really insistent that I needed a face and an identity they said, we're not really, you know, you, the ego mind needs that. But who we are is a band, a stream of consciousness. We work together as a collective and we're really not a singular identity. We, we're a collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this huge crowd, but your dad is definitely stepping forward and then there's like a bigger crowd that's more forward that is your, te- is your team that will be teaching, like will be, you know, like, like you were given the name, they'll be helping you teach. It's like you won't need to remember what you learnt at the, at the college. You won't need to remember, rote learn, and then, you know, you'll just show up and they'll teach through you. And you, like me, will be like, oh, wow, cool, I never knew that before and I found out because it came out of my mouth, <laughs> you know, like, well, well that's why call it this course was so important to me because yeah. that sitting in the power with the intention of letting our spirit friends blend with our energies, yeah. what it does is it it's a, allows for a few different things. It allows for what's called trance healing. So to be in that state and whether you'd put your fingers on another person's shoulders or you just sit with them to, for the spirit world to use our energies to actually heal them physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, there's trance speaking. So we spent five days closing our eyes, asking with the intention of letting us, their words come through us. And with my eyes closed, the homework was, you know, I'm sitting in front of a group of people to say the spirit world wants to say. Now, I say that to get my mouth rolling, but then <laughs> however this happens, I keep talking. Well, I don't want to say I keep talking. Words keep coming out. Now, it's yeah. definitely my voice, yeah. but it's not my message because every time I yeah. would take a moment to go, oh my God, there's words coming out of my mouth and I'm not thinking of them, it would stop. So what I would have to do yeah. is just concentrate on my breathing and the words came again. Mm-hmm. And when I talk, I pause there might be an, um, mm, you know, I'm looking for words, but this is just free flowing communication right. and it's beautiful. So we would also do trance writing that we would have the intention to write. And then we'd pick up a piece of paper and then just let our, like whatever words came to mind, I would just write them. And then I would look back at those words and read them. And I'd just be shocked at some of the things that, that were said. And, uh, you know, the third th- thing that we did was something called trance communication which is very rare doesn't have to be very rare I just don't think 
there's enough mediums that know that this is possible. And it is to blend energy, say me have the intention to blend with your mom. Mm. And is there any message she would like to say directly to you? So it would be to allow her to blend with me and just to be able to speak to you. And so the instructor did a few examples of this and there wasn't a dry eye in the room because it was direct message. It would be like, remember when you were young and I used to put these flowers in your hair and we would take walks and we would go to this restaurant, all very, very specific. That was definitely a mother talking to her daughter or father talking to a son or whoever it would be. But I thought, geez, if I could get the word out that that's possible and have and people who are mediums start learning how to quiet their mind with this intention of blending. There could be a whole heck of a lot more of this going on. But to spend seven days doing this, and to me it was witnessing and experiencing the miraculous because uh, things did come out of my mouth that I would have never expected. Um, and they're words that really impacted the listeners. You know, you can tell. I think when you look at a piece of artwork or if you listen to a song, those words that are divinely inspired, I get the goosebumps myself and I just, they can take my breath away. And the same thing happens when someone channels or speaks some of these words that you know are really coming from a divine source. And I do believe that it is a collective group that are speaking one voice through that person. Um, yeah. It may not, it may or may not be like an individual, but it's all done through love. No one takes over our bodies, nothing like that. It's all just merging of energies. No one entering me, you know, it's, and, uh, I know it sounds crazy to some, but it is so beautiful. It really is. So I'm looking forward to. So you have more. fun. You yeah. Have fun, fun. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it's just going to become so seamless. It's just going to be, it's at the moment, you know, when you go and do courses, it seems, it seems like there's effort involved. Like I have to do this step. I have to breathe. I have to focus. I have to concentrate. But let me tell you, once you set up the intention and then you make the statement, this is who I am, like you, you, you step into that identity, let's say, like you step into those clothes. I remember a girlfriend of mine who's since passed was doing personal growth courses and she was talking about changing our ideas and she used to say you know just try it on try on this new idea just try, just imagine it's like a cardigan and you're just putting it on and you're looking in the mirror and you're just saying yeah I quite like this on me or you know a pair of sunglasses you put them on you think gee they look kind of funny and then after you wear them for a few weeks they're sort of like they're kind of attached to your face. Becomes a part of you. Becomes yeah. a part of you. That's like this new identity of I speak to dead people or I trans channel or what, you know, like you, you try it on, like you're trying it on. You're like, I don't know about this. doesn't fit real well. Then after you wear it for a while, it becomes a part of you. And that's, that's where. It's like driving a car. I drive a stick shift. And in the beginning, I remember my dad teaching me how to drive. And I'm like, how do you know when to shift gears? You just feel it. I'm like, ah, I could never just feel it. <laughs> and so now here I am, and I just took a little road trip with some friends, and they're like, they don't, they don't drive stick shift, and they said, how do you know? I'm like, I just feel it, you know. And but it becomes so automatic. And yeah. so I, I even have people who told me with my show, there are times that I sound like Sandra, stopping, pausing. There are other times that I get on a roll that it's just 
free-flowing, very inspired speak speech. And I can't help but think, um, even though right now I'm practicing, they're just saying, you've got this girl. <laughs> I've had it. You've I think got, I've had it. You've got this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got but it. Again, I and you are not alone having our team behind us in a side, oh, in yeah. front of us, behind us. So I think the thing is to connect everyone to realize that we all have this team. We do. Yeah. We have people that have plotted out our lives before we even came here. They've been with us every step of the way, cheering us on. And I think they don't often intervene unless, you know, we just need to ask. You know, and I don't think we do enough asking. I don't think we do enough talking to them. Yeah, so sorry, I think a, for all of us to practice talking. Bit of internet interruption there. Look, okay. Absolutely. And, you know, I introduce you to the beautiful Frances Ray Key, who channeled or scribed, she says she's a scribe of the team books. And she's an author. You know, she's got her story in the book as well. And you had her on her show and I listened to that. You know, you girls girls were like best friends straight away. Isn't she beautiful? I love, she's she's become a quite, you know, close friend of mine. I've not met her in person like you really. But, you know, from afar, from afar. And I have to say, I don't know if you've read all her books. I've tried to read all of them, but, you know, I have lots of people I interview and I can't read everybody's books. But I think those books are amongst the best books that really help us understand this team because the books are called The Team, right? It's all about the team. And the book, those books are incredible. And even Frances says, I can't take credit for those books because, you know, I didn't write them. I scribed them, you know, or channeled them after her mum died. And for people who really want to know more about their team, definitely those books are fabulous. Have you read much of them? Because they're just... Yeah, just, just much of the first one, that's all. Yeah. Same thing, get very busy and I have great intentions. I know. But they really are incredible books. And I, you know, when, I, when she, she, found, she found my show and I started to read the books, I'm like, oh, my God, why don't people know about it? Like nobody knew about the books. And I've done my darndest to try and spread the word, but I've got a, I've got a smaller group of people I speak to because I'm sort of more specific about deliberate creation than, you know, you're speaking to more people because I think there's more people that are grieving that are trying to find out, you know, mm-hmm. is there life after death? It's just so many people that you're speaking to. So it was beautiful that you had her on the show and that they can, that they can find out about their team. Yeah. So, yeah, I think my show... Karen opens the door to this conversation and then people get to choose the different hallways they walk down and some might be conscious creations. Some might be finding out about the team. Others might be. I think who knows? We need to know about all of it though. I think everyone needs to know. Everyone needs to know they have a team and everyone needs to know that they're conscious, they're creating and everyone needs to know there's life after that. There's not part of any of the conversations we have that everyone should know about and I think eventually everyone will in years to come we might not be here but everyone will but tell me what has been some of your favorite subjects because you explore many different subjects so this 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 contacting spirit is that like really at the top of your list at the moment being able to have you have you had sat down and had a good old chin wag with your dad that's what I want to know uh, no, 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 I think I know 
from plenty of people that dad says, I'm always here. You can talk to me. And I know that I have, but it's not like the relationship we had when he was around. Just like, I don't, I think I'm very, I don't even say this. I think I'm just as human as any one of my listeners. And so even though I know the reality of the afterlife, I don't think I've kept relationships and, you know, talking to people, both my dad and my grandmother and actually my cats. <laughs> I, want the afterlife. I want to tell you who else is. So there's more, more I could do. I'll put it to you that way. Um, Francis of Assisi is another person on your team. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Uh, he, he came in before. Um, anyway, I've got to tell you about what I asked me after we turn this off. There's more to tell you. But um, he said, your dad said, you will. You will. Okay. You, you will. Yeah, yeah, like just, you will have that same relationship. He goes, no, actually a better relationship. He says, I've got access to a much broader perspective now. <laughs> you know, I've got access to more now. So it'll be a better relationship. But like the relationship you had with your dad in life, he said, you will. Yeah. For sure. And it's okay. I don't make myself wrong by any means, mm. but it is very comforting. And there was one thing I did not too long ago that I just wanted a sign from my dad. Mm -hmm. And because I know I believe this, I know this is the title of my show, We Don't Die, mm. but I have a lot of love in my heart and, you know, we miss our loved ones. And so what I did is before I went to bed, I just asked if he could show me a sign. And Karen, it was like, seeing a movie that I've never seen before I've got all the like a slideshow of all these things he and I did together over the years that just showed up like a slideshow and there's no way my brain could have come and put all those images and all those memories together oh. that fast and shown that slideshow so it was really special that is really so special yeah so oh, it's great that is special it's interesting isn't it Let, you know I think I've said this on your show but for those that are listening I had a relative who died a few years ago in her 90s and these pictures behind, they were hers, right? Mm -hmm. And her name was Hope. And interestingly enough, I, so I can speak to dead people and do all the time. I, did, I couldn't find her after she left. And so for months I'm like, where's Hope? Where's Hope? Why can't I feel you? Why can't I see you? Why, 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 why? And I'm having these questions going over and over and over in my mind. And then I think I've got her. And then I think, no, I'm making it up. I'm making it up. So I had real doubt about my connection to someone I love dearly to who left her body. And then one morning, I was telling this to my daughter yesterday, one morning, just before I woke up, you know, that where you, you come back into your body, you're conscious that you're in your body and you're just about to wake up, you know, hope like pierced through what I can only call is the veil. It's like she, she stuck her head as if you were sticking your head through water, like in a bath, you know, you, and someone's under the bath. It's like she pierced through something, stuck her head right in front of me and she said, can you see me now? <laughs> It was so loud. It shocked me awake and I woke up and I went, oh. it's like she had been trying to get through to me. But my doubt, even though I speak to dead people all the time, was going, I can't feel her. I can't see her. Where is she? Where is she? That doubt stopped me from perceiving her, even though I could perceive others. Isn't, isn't that amazing? 
and then we're human and we're human it was funny it was so funny and as soon as I woke up into my waking body uh, she was gone do you know what I mean but just in that moment before waking she stuck her head right in my face it was so funny so after that's all you need I had more access to her because it was only my doubt that was stopping me accessing her. And I think that that doubt was because I loved her so much, you know, and I, you know, like I missed her and I missed her. So that missing and that love and that doubt stopped me having access, even though I had access to others. So maybe that's what's happening with dad too. I hear that happens with a lot of people. I've actually talked to a lot of mediums that say they haven't been able to have that connection with their own loved ones, Mm -hmm. but they can bring through others. And not to make it wrong, it doesn't mean those people aren't around, but who knows? Just just the minds, that doubt, that missing, the missing. Yeah, the missing. So what else did you learn that you were, like, excited about? Well, I learned yet again that I am a medium and it's time to start practicing. Mm -hmm. um, I got to spend a couple of days with um, uh, doing evidential mediumship and I have dabbled in this a few times over the past mm, 10, 15 years, enough to know that I've been accurate at times helping people connect with their loved ones. And it kind of blows my mind when I give something that's so specific that I couldn't possibly know. And so I gave a gal who I'd never met before a really great, what I'd say medium reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the exercise was to ask the people in the spirit world to give us a sound instead of looking for however we normally, I normally see things in my mind's eye, see people, mm-hmm. but instead of going with that to go with a sound. So I actually hear the sound of a cane tapping against a hardwood floor. And I said to my partner, oh, I, got this. I feel like it's a woman, but there's a cane hitting a sidewood floor or a hardwood floor. And she says, yeah, I can take that. And I said, I'm hearing the sound of fing- long fingernails uh, against a pearl necklace. And she says, you know, I can take that too. I said, okay. I said, now I'm hearing like a, these waves on a little pond against the shore and the sound of feeding these pellets to pigeons. And I'm, you know, feeling, and she says, yep, I can take that. And so then it was okay to let any other senses come through. So I completely visual, I visualized what her grandmother looked like and that's who it was, mm-hmm. um, what she yeah, it looked like everything and, and delivered a message that was so specific that it made her just burst out in tears. So that was great. And then the second person I worked with, I thought, oh, I've got this handled, right? I can do this. And the um, instructor had said, if my dad or my grandmother comes in, it, it could be because your sitter's grandmother or father is coming in, something like that. And so I immediately got my father in my mind um, what he looked like when he was in the Air Force. Right. So I had said, uh, I just said dad. And then all of a sudden I started seeing other things. Well, everything was wrong. Oh. <laughs> I thought, okay, I don't have this. And I was just, I got frustrated because the more I tried, obviously I'm not one with the spirit world as if I'm out there trying and just not letting it flow. And then at the end, I said to this woman, I said, oh, I said, I really, you know, I saw my dad in the Air Force. She says, oh, my dad was in the Air Force. 
So had I said dad in the Air Force, that probably would have gotten me on the, the right um, what did you say, journey. What did you say before that? When you said you, you got it wrong, what oh. did you say that was wrong? Um, well, I just got, the, I, I was trying to look for images. And um, oh, so you dismissed were, that you saw your dad in the Air Force. Correct. Oh. Yes. And I shouldn't have. I just thought it was my dad and her dad. But the very last one, which was so great for both me being a sitter and being the medium, as I said to this woman, I got a picture of a friend of hers in my mind's eye, and she had one of these big bee high hairdos. And she says, yes, I can take that. And I said, oh. And I said, your friend didn't believe in the afterlife but loved you. She says, uh. yes. And then I felt this woman holding her friend's hand while she was in her deathbed and telling her everything is going to be okay. And, you know, the woman was scared. And this woman, I, you know, I'd never met her before, and she's looking at me like, that's correct, that's correct. And um, then I said, she wants you, me to tell you that you were right. And so just by saying those words, this woman burst into tears. Aww. Her best friend had died two weeks prior to that. And I described what she looked like. I described the scene of her holding her hand while she was dying. Mm -hmm. And she said to her, I know you don't believe this, but someday you will. And you're going to find a medium and you're going to come back and you're going to tell me through this medium that I was right. So the fact that those words came, yes. You're and the then, medium. You're uh, the medium. <laughs> correct. And so this woman turned to me and she says, your dad's here without no surprise but he wants to give you a big bouquet of flowers and he, he apologizes for how he left things with you and your siblings with his will. And he never meant for the relationships to be broken. And he, and he's working from his point of view to repair them. I mean, so specific, mm. just what happened, just what happened. I mean, we're unlike many families that people fight over the will and, you know, you don't mean to, but um, death brings out, such a hard time and I and I you know our poor brains in our minds you know do some wacky stuff you know that's why I'm such a so, I want to help people that are grieving yeah so anyways I have it and I need to practice it well you know anyone that's listening to this or watching this who's excited by this conversation has it you know like has that's right it. If you're not turned on to this conversation, you're not watching it, maybe you don't have it. It's not like, I actually believe we all have it, but we're too. not activated. Like our DNA isn't activated. Like it's dormant. But if it's dormant, it's going to stay dormant, then you're not interested in this conversation. But if you're That's interested right. in this conversation, your There's a reason. DNA is waking up and you have it. Um, how did the two of you feel when you kind of got all this stuff right? Like you must have been like, just like, it's, oh it, it is great and it's like it's so hard to get my head around because my ego wants to try to figure it out and there's yeah. no figuring it out other than it is the people in the afterlife speaking that is it it you know and I think our minds want to and I think that's where the skepticism comes in you know we want to be able to explain everything and you know but we can't I mean I, you know if we try to explain physics or quantum mechanics or we try to explain biology or how many stars are in the universe <laughs> you know we're, we can't explain that you know I have my handy dandy cell phone here that somehow can wirelessly no strings attached 
connect to you. Even the fact that you and I are looking at each other face to face right now. Isn't that crazy? We can't explain that, mm -hmm. but it works. I mean, we can be connected without any wires. So if machines can connect and bring through voices and sounds and music and pictures, why can't these computers, you know, our minds, mm -hmm. they can. Of course. You know, and, and to think a zillion years ago, this earth was just made up of rock and trees and green stuff and <laughs> water. And out of all of that, we have every bit of technology we have today with everything we're looking at and seeing. You know, our, I think our minds get used to the way things are and we treat things like they're no big deal. It becomes normal for us. Mm -hmm. But if you were to put one of our laptops in front of a person 100 years ago, exactly. <laughs> it would have blown their mind. You know what's been really interesting? Oh, so many things I want to say to you. Uh, you know, I've been interviewing a lot of people about their extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional relationships with other beings in more evolved civilizations than Earth who are actually helping humanity shift into a new consciousness and what's really fascinating is that they are so in the know of what we're talking about being the norm it's the mainstream in their society that many people i've talked to have done their life plan as an extraterrestrial being in that they've been in an extraterrestrial body and they're planning coming into a human life and their spirit guides, who are these beings, are helping them plan their life and what they're going to do. And, you know, Susie Hansen said that she met the soul of her son before he was born as a ball of light. And she was playing with him in her physical body up on a ship. So they have such knowledge that who we are as spirit and physical that they, you know, like they have these normal relationships with beings that are not embodied you know like souls or spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them I wouldn't call them ghosts it's an old-fashioned word but it's just the norm for them you know like it's yeah. it's it's the norm so I guess that this awakening to this understanding is where we're going because they are who we are in our future you know That's their right. understanding so it's so interesting Susie said that when she was pregnant with her son she saw the soul of the sun. It was like a blue ball being put inside the baby's form, the baby's body. And um, But this all happened on a ship, like not in a sort of spirit world. It happened in a another physical world or dimensional world, different to our dimension, but another physical world. It's fascinating to me, fascinating. It's all fascinating. My mom and I were talking about um, just briefly, you know, is there life on other planets and things? And, and my mom and I don't talk too much about yeah. this. She's proud of me. She loves me. But she grew up in a generation that talking about mediums and all that just wasn't discussed. But I know she loves and supports me. But she says, it's crazy for people to think that there's not life on other planets. You know, it's wow. crazy that, to think we're it. You know, there, I heard it say, them say, or someone say, that for every grain of sand on our planet, there's a thousand suns like, or a thousand stars like our sun. Yeah. That could be in a 
habitable area for planets. So it's pretty close-minded to think we're it, you know? So I don't have all the answers. What I do know is if something piques your interest, go ahead and study it, research it, get excited by it, you know? Um, and if you're interested in mediumship or you think you might be, like Karen said, yeah, it's pros, you probably got it. And, and I think all of us could play the piano, but there's some people that really want to, and they want to practice it and things, you know? So I think the same thing is true with mediumship. We are all souls, and I think we all have the same soul power, but we exercise them in different ways. Yeah. And there's not one that's better than the other. And as long as we focus our eyes on service and making a difference and sharing and helping out our fellow travelers, and doing our own part of trying to make ourselves the best we can be, even and accept having self-love, accepting those times when, you know, when we all make mistakes. But I think if we all keep our sights on improving and experiencing and sharing, we can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell would say, or follow your highest excitement, as Bashar says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's all many teachers follow what turns you on, lights you up. That's your guidance. Interestingly enough, your fear can be that guidance too, just like you said at the beginning of this, the fear of death puts you on the path. That's right. Ah, dying one. There's so much more I could chat to you about. You know, I just, um, you were talking about seeing your dad in his uniform. I just want to say quickly for those people that are listening, I remember when I was young and I did uh, a similar call, like this guy, I was doing the Academy of Light, putting on teachers, and we had this teacher come and teach us about finding guidance. And he was teaching us about how to connect to, and he said, often when you're reading another person, you'll get an image, just like you did, of someone you know. And he did this exercise. I'm going to think of someone, and I want you to tune in and everyone to describe who I'm thinking of. And so I got an image of somebody I knew, And I just described this person that I knew to a T and he looked at me like, he said, that's exactly, you've just described who I'm thinking of. But I didn't know who he was thinking of. I just described who came to me just like your dad. That's right. And it's interesting. I didn't mention this, but this particular instructor, she starts off with every medium reading. She says, the first thing that you need to do is just love your partner and to just invoke the feeling of love because it's easy for us to love you know even if we have never met before you know your person with your own struggles your own hopes and dreams and when love is there I think this is when miracles can occur and this is all of a sudden when these thoughts pop into my head that I've never seen this face before or why am I hearing fingernails against a pearl necklace you know so all it was for me to do was share but when the love wasn't there or when I was trying to force myself to create images, that's when it all went wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Even the best of them. You know, I saw a video, I'm not mentioning any names, of someone who's really, really, really famous as a medium doing a reading on somebody. And he was obviously having a bad day. He was stressed and he was getting everything wrong. <laughs> so even the best of them, like the celebrated high paid can have a bad day so you've got to keep that that energy high like don't stress don't worry stay happy you know stay in the love like you say love love the person you're talking to and that that love vibration opens you up to everything you need really all the information yeah, and love the person in the mirror too 
That's mm -hmm. not so easy sometimes, but to really get that, you know, we picked coming into this planet for so many reasons and instead of making ourselves wrong, boy, does our ego want to make us less wrong and not good enough and not smart enough and we should be somewhere else by now. Um, but to look at ourselves from the eyes of somebody who loves us, you know, what would somebody else say about you? You know, they'd say so many good things, great sense of humor, fun, inspiring, you know, whatever those may be. Um, but not to listen to that negative mind sometimes and just love the one who's in the mirror. I'll take that coaching too, because I don't do that enough. Love the one you're with. I'm with me at the moment, so yeah. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be loving her. Now, Diane, I am so excited about your future. Like, there is just so much out there for you to go. What are your plans? I know that you're still catering with mum, but yeah. what are the plans? Are you going to stay catering with mum? What's happening? Are you going to start your own school of mediumship? I'll be coming. <laughs> I love to travel, and I think as far as the catering business goes, I really have to bless it because it, it doesn't, um, pays the bills yeah. and I get to be with my mother mm. and I get to be face to face with human beings that it could be just a three minute conversation because under my food tent, there's a big sign. Is there evidence of the after dot life? Sandra Champlain says yes. And so I've got a book signing table and it's a real conversation starter. Yeah. So, uh, for the time being, it's great. And in the big picture of things, I'm going to definitely say yes to whatever the spirit world has uh, in store for me, mm -hmm. but I will keep my radio show going on forever. I would like and am planning on starting my own We Don't Die events. So mm -hmm. it will be something like um, a weekend retreat sort of thing with myself mm -hmm. and a few other people, uh, perhaps some mediums and some inspirational speakers talking and really helping not just talking about the afterlife but living life and like you say conscious creation mm. something together but to have events like that having uh, like an online university or even teaming up with my friends at arei afterlife research and education institute and bringing forward so many people that there i mean there's so many people like yourself that i feel should have a much bigger audience and so to put everybody under one roof and have it be on the internet. And there's these great places like Zoom meetings where we can have these worldwide meetings and really connect people globally. I think each human being um, can be their best, best to selves when we have a community of people that speak the same lingo and are interested in the same things. So I know left to my own devices, I forget who I am and what my life's for and what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. But to be part of this community, I think will help to create that community that we can all be part of. You know, that's something definite. But I do want to speak on big stages and uh, there's a few more books up my sleeve and, and who knows. I think when I, and this is advice for everyone, when we um, keep taking a step towards our dreams, I think um, God, the spirit world, they work with us as well. I, there's a great book by Walter Russell that says, God will work with you, but not for you. So <laughs> when we work, we step forward in our dreams, um, we can allow inspiration to flow through the un from the unseen world as well. So I just keep saying yes and keep moving forward. Keep we'll see it. where it all goes. Let me ask you, have you shared that with your mom? Yes. And what does she say about that? Does she, does she kind of want to come with you on that ride? I think so. I think, um, you, know, you know, years ago, 
if you're going to start organizing events, you'll need someone to help you. And she's obviously great at all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the beginning, five years ago, when the book first came out and I had this dream of speaking and I said, you know, mom, what would happen if people, there's this high demand for me all over the world and speaking, she's oh, I'd come with you, you know? So, um, but yeah, as that starts to unfold, we'll revisit that. But for right now, again, I bless the business that she and I have created because that is what's paying the bills. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, most of what I do is, um, you know, I just share free of charge, you know, the radio show and things. So it'll all shift in the time it's meant to, and I'll just keep doing and we'll see where it goes. But I'm happy. I am happy. And I never would have thought, honestly, that I could still be doing what I'm doing physically and doing the catering business. And it's just 17 weeks a year. It seems like it's more than that because I travel most of the summer, Um, but it is just 17 weeks a year. But to be able to do that and then have five, 10,000 listeners a day listening to the show. So I'm able to, I don't have, because of the magic of the internet, I don't have to physically be in front of a large stage. And sometimes it is just one person sitting at home who is having their darkest moment. And like one individual said to me, his young three-year-old daughter had died and uh, he was on YouTube and he Googled grief and he had already had his exit planned in the world. He was going to take his own life. And he says, somehow I found your show. Mm -hmm. And he says, I listened to almost every episode. And he says, you gave me life. And uh, to have somebody say that into my eyes, you know, it doesn't have to be in front of a large audience. I mean, there's so many people just like me, just like you looking, you know, and if I can help, not only help, help you believe in the afterlife, give you some tools if you are grieving, but most importantly, have you live the best life ever. You know, I, I always like to say, help people get their money's worth out of life. You know, <laughs> when we close our eyes this la- the last time here on earth, so many people look back with regrets and things they should have done or shouldn't have done, yeah. you know, but just, wow, yeah, I made a few mistakes, but for the most part, I really got my money's worth out of that one. You know, what a great thing that would be. So, oh, part of my absolutely. Part. I know, isn't the internet great? You've got your sparkles on today, but you know. I do. You said that you normally do your interviews in bed (laughs) with your slippers on. Like, I've got my slippers on today. They're actually, they're actually thick. But underneath the nice jumper, I've got my old daggy tracksuits with holes in them. Nobody look at your feet, (laughs) your legs. It's so great to be able to do that. When you're on stage, Sandra, though, we have to put proper shoes on. (laughs) Maybe I'll just keep my slippers on. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Oh, it's been such a joy catching up with you. It's been so beautiful to hear all your news and uh, to hear about the author. Oh, okay. So speaking of speaking on stage, as you're speaking at the symposium in September, do you want to give that a plug? That's right. Let's give it a plug. Yes, absolutely. September 13th through 16th, 2018, there are, I think, 36 different speakers talking about cutting edge information about the afterlife, living life, help through grief, and so much more. Mm. And you can, and I'm one of the speakers, of course, and you can find out more at afterlifesymposium.org. And it's in Phoenix, Arizona. And even if you can't visit, I think you will be shocked to go to that website and see what some people are doing in the world of the afterlife. There's a woman yeah. named Sonia Rinaldi, who is our keynote speaker, who is actually receiving computer or video images from people's loved ones, and they show up on the screen. And wow. it's, oh, I'm just getting voices and their faces, and 
there's a whole team of scientists in the unseen world working with her. And I'm, I've got goosebumps now even just thinking, thinking about, about it. it. What happened, with that, what happened with that guy who's developing the soul phone, you know, being able to sort of call yeah. up your... Is that there's still, a whole team. Mm. Yep, there's a whole team actively working on that. I mean, that's mm. something that was 10 years in the making, so I don't know if it's going to show up next year or not. It'll take some time, but there surely are things that people have gotten through their computers and their cell phones and so much technology um, coming from the unseen world, and it's to try to harness that to make it user-friendly so everyone uh, on both sides of the veil will have that technology available to be in communication. Because could you imagine life when you get messages from your loved ones, just like they send you an email or they call you on the phone? You know they're around, so you can go on living your life. You don't need to let your life stop exactly. because their life has stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, their physical body stopped, but their life hasn't stopped. They're yes, exactly. Up to probably more things than they were in when they were wearing That's a physical true. body. But they're cheering us on. You know, I, I, I think you're speaking about. What am I speaking about? I'm yeah. actually speaking about the miraculous. I believe that we are souls having a human experience and everything that is available as souls in the hereafter is available to us now. And it's yeah. kind of like conscious creation coming from a different angle, but is to help people get in tune with raising our vibrations and what makes us different from those in the afterlife and how we can harness some of that soul power to make have a more meaningful life while we're here. Because I am someone who has witnessed miracles yeah. and to be able to kind of harness that power and make things happen um, is fun. It's fun. So to take people on my journey and share that. Oh, I'd love to be there. Maybe I can come over September. I wonder if I can come over. Yeah. Anyway, I'll think about it. It'd be great. Well, some of the speeches are going to be live streamed. So I will okay. share that information closer mm. to no, mine will be one of those. And so, Oh, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I know. What does yeah. Marianne Williamson say? I think it's her that says a, a miracle is a shift in perspective from fear to love. That's and beautiful. That's, that's what you're talking about, helping people find more love, more love, more love. Mm -hmm. and just like you said, love love your client, love your radio guest, love love your, your angry sister. <laughs> love yourself. <laughs> love yourself. Love everybody. Oh, honey one, it's been such a joy and a blessing. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been just so oh, beautiful catching up with you. And my, my website is wedontdieradio.com. If your friends want to visit there, I've got a, some few, a few free goodies for you. And so you have indeed. You've got wedontdieradio.com and you've got we don't die. You've got a couple of websites. Hang on, I've got it on my Yeah, but wedontdieradio.com has the free gifts. And, and wedontdie.com. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. It all yeah. goes back to the same, same And filter. you've got Sanders the, the free guides, the guides to grief and all that. Yep. It's all going to be on my website when I share the link. And also, if people want to support my show, you can buy Sandra's book um, on my website and go to the affiliate link. I always forget to tell people to do that because people buy, from all the guests, people bought millions and millions of books and I always think, Darn, I forgot to tell them about my affiliate link. It's okay. <laughs> what goes around comes around in a good way. So exactly, you just exactly. keep sharing and it'll all come back to you. Thanks, honey. So great. You're welcome. Lots of love to you. Okay. Thank you.
How beautiful it was to speak to the gorgeous Sandra Champlain today on the show. Isn't she divine? Ooh, there's a big future in front of that one. We were just hatching a plan to get her down under to do some talks, maybe in 2020. I'm thinking next year, but it might happen the year after because we've both got a lot on our plate. So anyway, we'll make it happen. Yeah, so exciting. So exciting. Thanks again for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive. And remember, if you want to read her story, well, you can read it in her book. Obviously, there's the expanded version in her book, but in my book, she puts in her story as well. And uh, at the end of it, she's got her her uh, guide to resources to believing in the afterlife and she's put the resources in there from all the people that she's spoken to on her show it's um it's great to have her as one of the authors in the awakening soul series and we're getting book two organized which is obviously about people's spiritual awakenings not just by death but by all sorts of different ways illness some people just awaken by watching shows like this. I've got someone who's writing a chapter in her book who said that she she started awakening more, more, you know, because you don't find my show without already having some awareness by watching my show. So I thought, wow, isn't that great? Just what Sandra and I were talking about. You don't have to go through the trauma. Unfortunately, this one went through so much trauma as a child and sort of buried it underneath resentment and hatred and then started opening up later on in life and, and asking questions and Googling and finding things on the internet, which a lot of people do. The questioning mind, the questioning mind is beautiful in that it points you in the direction, but then you have to get out of the questioning mind to find your answers. The vibration of the question and the vibration of the answer are two different vibrations something that took me years to learn because I had so many questions that uh, I had to let go of the questions in order to receive the answers both internally and from outside as well anyway thanks again for watching love you all remember to go to the website if you want to buy Sandra's book and use my affiliate link I'll have the uh, link on iTunes and SoundCloud Stitcher and YouTube all those places which you can find at Facebook. Join our Facebook page and join our Facebook group. We've got the Awakening Awakened Empowerment Network on Facebook. And uh, of course, the Inner Sanctum is another group that we have where we get online together on Zoom and meet each other, chat, ask questions. Sandra's going to come in at the end of the year. So if you um, want to meet her in person and ask us some questions, join our little Inner Sanctum. Thanks again for watching and listening. Love you all. Mwah.